following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jones and Brown. Both you the crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Brown. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the world famous Jonesy and Brown show. Mike Jones, John Brown. I, I'd love to be happier right now. I would love to be more jovial. I would love to come to you guys this week talking about how we about to go to the World Series, how the Philadelphia Phillies are about to go to the World Series. But darn it, I'm not. Pretty angry about it. Not happy about it. I'm mad. Other fans are mad. Friends are mad. People are mad. We had to call in a guest so he could be mad with us. Mike Jones is just sitting there. Mike, you look like you're stewing right now. We'll get to it. Mike, I'm going to let you cook. But I wanted to introduce our guest this week. He is a freelance reporter. He covers the WNBA, a whole bunch of different things. This is a man all... He's a good follow on good Twitter slash X. I like to call it Twix. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Rob Knox is here with us. Rob, thank you for joining us. Man, thank you. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I appreciate uh, appreciate uh, spending some time with y'all tonight. I wish uh-huh. we could talk about something better. I wish we could talk about... Uh, we. We could have a conversation between three brothers about a World Series between the Phillies and the Rangers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I definitely thought that was a reality a few days ago. The Phillies were up 2-0 following the first two games at home. At one point in time, they were up 3-2 coming home for two more games at home only needing to win one only needing to win one yeah yeah and, yeah um and, and that that obviously as we saw that 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 was a challenge and you know you just didn't expect them to score three runs in two games over over the last 18 innings of um of baseball i think that's the more disappointing part i think you know had they lost like nine eight and the bullpen blew the game, you know, we probably would have said, Yeah, we we knew that was going to be the ending. Um, but the fact that they didn't hit, um, you the, know, it's kind of surprising. To your point, the big bats, we all know who the Phillies big bats are. Yeah. In game six and seven were a combined three for thirty six from the plate. Yeah, yeah, that's just it's not gonna get done. I mean, that, you know, we, we can reduce this to we could be, you know, we, we could have all the analysis in the world. Uh, but we could just reduce it to this. I mean, you know, your best players have to be your best players if you're going to win mm-hmm. the championship. And clearly the Phillies' best players weren't their best players over the last two games, and which is why we're here. Unfortunately, gentlemen, let's let's be real here. We we are all longtime Philadelphia, <laughs> long-time Philadelphia sports fans. We've all been here many. We've all been around for many. Unfortunately, we've all seen our share of disappointments. We've seen our share of choke jobs. And, and, and I understand 
not necessarily wanting to use the word choke. But can I can I point one, out an interesting stat I saw today? Sure, go ahead. Philadelphia has now lost seven straight game sevens between the Sixers, yeah, Flyers, and Phillies. Seven straight game sevens. At what point do the fans begin to get frustrated? I shouldn't even phrase it that way. At what point do the fans begin to demand changes with the Phillies? Well, and 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 the interesting piece of it is is you know obviously every every situation is unique in its own entity, right? I mean, you just look at twenty twenty three, you know, and this is you know obviously you don't want to lump you know the Eagles into this or whatever or or, or bring them into it, but the fact remains is. In January, they were up 10 and a half. Um, you know, mm-hmm. gave up a lot of points in the second half. Um, Sixers were up 3 2 with opportunity to close out the Celtics in game six. They had a lead in the fourth quarter. Um, couldn't get it done and just didn't show up in game seven. Then, obviously, the Phillies, um, up 3 2 and just you know, didn't show up in, in, in games six or seven. It almost reminds you of um, 1991 when the um, Braves went into Three River Stadium. Um, God bless those stadiums too. I, I miss like three river, you know, they had like zero, mm. even though they had like zero charm, right? Mm. But you know, the Braves went in there and um won game six, one nothing, and won game seven, four nothing. So the, you know, the Pirates went back home with opportunity to win um a year after they lost, you know, they went in NLCS mm-hmm. the year before mm-hmm. and they you know they came out flat and lost, you know, they didn't even score a run um in, in those two games. So I mean. You know, baseball's weird, right? I mean, you look at the Texas Houston series, and no home team, you know, no home team won any a single any game. Mm-hmm. And Texas came back in game six or seven and pretty much crushed Houston in both games. So it's just it, it's weird. So I think um, I think you have to take every situation, you know, different. Even though again, it's still lumped together. Is that you know we've mm-hmm. lost seven game sevens across, you know, all the sports. I, I can't remember the last time Flyers was had a game seven. I mean, the last games I've ever been with the Flyers was 2004, but I'm sure they've had some. I mean, obviously they beat Boston and you know, mm-hmm. what was that? Uh, what was that? They, they made that run to the stand to the Stanley Cup in eleven, yeah. ten yeah, or 10 11, eleven, something like. That. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. Yeah, they, they came back from a three-zero deficit to, to beat mm-hmm. Boston. Um, so I, I remember that, but after that, I, I don't remember a game seven for the Flyers. But obviously, <laughs> this was the first game seven in the history of the Phillies last night. So I mean, again. Um, it, it, it's tough, right? You know, you get to a game seven and, you know, we're conditioned to expect the worst. I mean, we we have some good opportunities and we've had some good teams. And, I mean, let's face it, I mean, 2023, we've had a lot of really cool memories, right? A lot of cool things that's happened um, this year. Joel um, Embiid winning MVP and, you know, the, the Eagles with their run. And, um, you know, even the Phillies, you know, did, did a lot of great things this year. Uh, ultimately, you know, they just – None of them fish. I mean, obviously, winning a championship is hard. So, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it more often. But mm-hmm. you know, it still doesn't ease. It still doesn't ease the fact that you know the Phillies, you know, kind of collapsed. Mm-hmm. So at this point, where are you mentally with this? Are are you more disappointed in the way it ended, or are you angry? Um, I'm, I'm a combination. I mean, as mm-hmm. as we're talking now, I'm I'm a lot calmer. Yeah. Um, you know, last night I was really angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, part of it, part of the anger was, you know, I don't felt like I didn't felt like the Phillies competed after the fifth inning uh, from a um, 
from a plate discipline standpoint or at bat standpoint, obviously, you know, Arizona came and they took the three, two lead, um, bottom of the fifth swore release off with the double. And that was the last hit of the whole game for the Phillies. I mean, they, granted they got, they got uh, a pair of walks in the seventh inning, but you know, they didn't have a hit and they didn't come close to getting a hit. I mean, you know, Harper hit the ball hard and, you know, it was caught on the line. Uh, that may have been before the fourth inning, actually. That that's actually the third inning. I mean, the fourth mm-hmm. inning when they actually when the Phillies actually did take the lead. So you know, I thought there was some opportunity. You know, obviously there was you know some opportunities last night that was missed, and you know Arizona didn't miss anything. Arizona kept pressure on. Arizona had runners on bases, and you know you look at the bats that the Diamondbacks had, and you know they were just quality professional postseason at bats, right? They you know mm-hmm. fouling off pitches, and they weren't trying to do they weren't trying to do anything with it. It's like you know they're just gonna hit the ball. And just find some open space, you know. Corbin Carroll just hit stuff back through the middle, made contact. Uh, I mean, even when they got the insurance run, he made contact against mm-hmm. Alvarado, you know. And you know, Cassianos had the opportunity to make contact early in the game and struck out. So, you know, again, you know, those are things that that that, that you think about when you lose the game four or two at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm in between. I mean, I'm a lot more calm now. And I could kind of reflect a little bit more and kind of put it into into perspective a little bit, and you know, again, not overthink it. And you know, the Phillies' best hitters, you know, did not do what they're supposed to do. I mean, and you think about, it, I mean, okay, they gave up four runs last night. They gave up five on um on on whatever night it was, two Monday. Uh, for this team, that still shouldn't beat you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, the the, the third inning last night, no, the fourth inning last night, you know. Uh, you know, Stott has the double and Ramuto. I mean, again, you know, I mean, we can sit here and debate should Dusty, <coughs> should Dusty Wofford accept Stott? I probably would have. Um, but you know, again, it's game seven. And 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 again, I think you know, when we look at the list of why the Phillies lost, you know, obviously Rob Thompson is like, like, you know, really blow down on that list. But I will say, I don't think he necessarily. I don't feel he managed with urgency the way it needed to be in the game seven. Mm-hmm. I thought the only urgency that he displayed, and I think it was misguided, was he just couldn't wait to get to the bullpen. Yeah. Hoffman out of And, you know, Hoffman gives up the hit to Moreno that gives them the 3-2 lead. Alvarado gives up the sacrifice fly that extends that lead to 4-2. So you have your best relievers in there, but they don't get the strikeouts or they induce an out. So now, like, well, well, let me ask you this. Let's 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 talk about Topper for a second here. Do you are do you feel like he should have made a lineup change as well? Because a lot of people were talking about you know hitting out, continuing to put out Alec Bohm behind Bryce Harper once it became obvious that they were not going to pitch to Bryce Harper. They were going. They were willing to put him on base. When you look at how they how they started Game Six, they put Schwarber on base, they put Harper on base, and basically dared the rest of that lineup to bring them home, and they didn't. Yeah, yeah, and and I mean, you know? and again, and, and again, the, the the key part of the key is that's Trey Turner, right? You know, mm-hmm. he's your three hundred million dollars person, and I'm not saying you get a hit every single time, but. I mean, come on, get a hit, something. You know, he went 0 for his last whatever, like 15, 16, mm-hmm. which obviously helped accelerate the game plan, right, for Arizona. Uh, I personally felt he should have, you know, adjusted the lineup. Um, you know, 
because you know regular season no i'm you know fine you you, you do what you do in the regular season they come out of it but you know postseason seven games i mean you just you know i i don't think it's the the right time to be loyal and you know i wasn't looking at a radical lineup shift maybe just maybe move um rear muto to four and bone to six and even you know you can even make an argument too uh for last night if you wanted to move marsh up to five and move Stott down um behind bone and move castellanos down to eight in front of uh, rojas right yep. um so, so i mean so there was an argument to be made to kind of adjust it but you know he just he just he wrote it out and and the problem is and i thought they would pass this but you know we haven't seen this lineup go cold collectively like this for a long time yeah, uh, yeah. and they picked, that, they picked a great time so, to, to finally go cold but right. stay here hold on because i have i have to actually interject here because we're talking about and i myself questioned before game six and seven whether or not they should move bohm down in the lineup but if you're watching in game seven, Bohm hits that home run early in the game. And after that, they pitched to Bryce like Bryce had protection. They weren't just throwing three straight balls. Bryce had stuff mm-hmm. to hit. He just didn't hit it. Yeah, he I mean he he missed, I mean, obviously he 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 missed the pitch in the seventh inning and um, got it off the you know, got it lower on the bat than he would have liked to. Mm-hmm. I mean, he stole he stung a ball to lead off the fourth, but hit unfortunately he hit it right at Tommy Pham. Mm-hmm. Made a, you know, catch on his knees, uh, but no, you, you're right, and I mean, and 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 this is the juxtaposition, right? Because you know, the three people who drove in runs in the last two games were Bone, Stott, and Marsh. Mm-hmm. Right? So, on one hand, you're like, oh, well, they finally did produce, right? I mean, Marsh was, was really good, but then you're like, well, if they give you your RBIs, then what are your what are your big what guns going? They're not even mm-hmm. you know, they're not even getting on base. And like I think that um, you know, I think after Arizona made adjustments pitching wise, the Phillies office never adjusted. Never like never. They, they they never mm-hmm. they never adjusted. And then even um even in game five, they they were able to do some things. Uh, in that first inning, where they were able to, go, you know, go the opposite way, uh, with with pitches and, mm-hmm. and the middle, and obviously Swarbrick getting the leadoff uh, infield hit to, to start that game. So, mm-hmm. I, you know, it's um, it it is frustrating because I felt that you know you didn't really give your team the best opportunity. And again, who's to say the lineup switch would have worked, right? But yeah. at the same time, you know, you look over at Arizona, and this man was like moving this person around, moving this, changing that batting order, putting this person mm-hmm. here. That person starting this person, and I mean, obviously, all those moves ultimately worked out for them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, he he didn't care about favors. He's like, look, we're going to try to get to the <coughs> to the World Series, and that's kind of the same thing that doomed. Um, you know, if you go back to 2011 with the Phillies, that mm-hmm. kind of doomed them there because you know, again, in those last two games against the Cardinals, they stopped hitting. In the last three games, well, they didn't really hit that whole giant series in, in LCS. In 2010, they just stopped hitting. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it was, you know, I mean, again, you want to face good pitching. Now, I'm not saying that Arizona's pitching was, you know, a, a, a top five all-time staff. Um, yeah, but it, they, we just they weren't pitched well this series. They, they pitched well this series. They there did. was a lot. There was a lot of good pitching to go around too. You know, you look at you look at Wheeler uh, in his. 
You look at you look at Wheeler. You got one very decent start from uh, from Nola. Thought Suarez, you know, he'd come back down to earth a little in that second start, but still. I thought he pitched well enough to win. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I thought Suarez should personally. I thought he should have got a longer leash because yeah. you know, I mean, as a left-hander, okay, I know Carroll got two hits off you. Or the no, I think he did pitch to Carroll. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, you took him out in the fifth inning because you wanted your right hand on your right hand. And I think again, I watch a lot of old school baseball. I'm just one of those people because mm-hmm. um, I, I grew up, you know, kind of probably like you are. I grew up, I grew up on the '80s and in, in baseball and '90s mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're just you you're just not used to his analytics stuff, and I think sometimes and the, the I think the analytics is is kind of ruined the game, right? I think it's just you know sometimes you just got to get a feel, and yeah. you know it's not like they would the dive, yeah they put pressure on Suarez, but they would get out of it, and I'm always I'm always under the belief that you know at that moment you had a two one lead, I you know Carol tied it up at two, um, you know. Either you make a decision there to walk Carroll mm-hmm. and let Swords pitch the next way, but I get it, you know, left on left or whatever the case may be. But in that situation, you you know, sometimes I think, and that's what the Diamondbacks, that's what the Diamondbacks did well. They just said, you know what? We'll just take our chances with the next batter. Now, granted, Moreno, you know, he had a really sneaky good series. Um, came up with a lot of hits, especially the last two games. So mm-hmm. the top three of that Diamond, and, and remember last night, Marte didn't really have a good game at all. Yeah, mm-hmm. he struck out three times, right? Nope. Which you which you rarely see, but you know, but Marte was really good throughout the series, and then when Carroll got going, you know, now the, their top of the order was like really functioning, and and again, and then the bottom of the order for Arizona did some did some stuff last night. So again, they were connected in a way that the Phillies that you just sit back and like, that I wish the Phillies could have done this. Mm-hmm. The oppor- and I think the opportunities were there, and that's what that's what goes back with. Are you disappointed or are you angry? Are you disappointed or are you mad? And and Rob, like you, last night I was mad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and it's probably that's the difference between sitting down and doing a podcast today versus doing it right when the game was over. Right? Because I'm gonna be because I'm gonna be honest with you, I. I I had six or level angst towards the Phillies when that game was over. I understand that people's frustration with the Sixers is a little more longstanding because it's been the same result year after year after year after year. But for me personally, it was the length that the Phillies went last year to be able to get to the highest level, to get to the World Series, and then to come back in the fashion in which they came back. You look at, you know, you look at game two of of this series when the bats just exploded. Then you look at game three and game four. Both of you know both of those you know win- winnable games. There's there's no reason for the Phillies to have not come back from you know to have not won two or three in Arizona. Yeah, yeah, and then, uh, and then to not come back to not come back in, and then then for game six and seven when you're home, you dominated them at home in games one and two, and then you come home you. Proven that you can win a game in game. You you won one game in Arizona. 
You come back. You've shown that you've dominated them at home. You have your two. You have two of your three uh, pitchers on the uh, your top pitchers on the mound, and to lay an egg like they did. You know, you're. I'm. You know, let's see. Schwarber one for five in two games. Turner zero for eight. Harper zero for seven. Castellanos, 0 for 8. You know, and you look, you know, Turner and specifically Turner and Castellanos, those, that's the last two years' big free agent uh, acquisitions. Those were your two big money players where you, the money don't get much bigger than the LCS. This is what you brought him in for. Yeah, yeah, and, and just think of how different you know this LCS would be if Cassiano's could just deliver one hit, um, in in this series. Uh, the, bat, the the table was set for Cassiano's last night. He yeah. had two men on. Yeah, first and third, and you know he just kept swinging stuff outside the strike zone and kept expanding the strike zone and. And 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 going from there, and you know, game four, you know, Phillies had five two lead bullpen again, and and, and see, and here, here's the, and you go back to analytics, and you go back to this, and this is the problem I had with game four, mm-hmm. is again, all right, Sanchez gave up two runs, mm-hmm. okay, I mean, Phillies have come back from two two runs before, mm-hmm. right, so it's not like he was awful, and even to a certain extent, okay, Nola had a bad inning, he had a horrible second inning, right. But by the time okay, it was three nothing. You come back, you 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 get you get a run back. So now it's three one. Nola kind of settled down. Yes, yeah, yeah. Um, kept it, you know, kept kept them where you know, kept them where they did. Obviously, he didn't have his best stuff, and you know, it happens. Mm-hmm. It happens. Um, but again, three nothing should not beat you, right? A three mm-hmm. run inning should, shouldn't beat you. But you know, I think once they got down, they started pressing and just it, it was. It was definitely sad to see. I mean, obviously a frustrating finish to mm-hmm. what probably wasn't, which was a good season. And, and I think, like you said, John, um, you know, seeing them get to the World Series and then seeing how they took out the Braves and, you know, seeing how, you know, you felt like they were like really peaking when they needed mm-hmm. to peak. And then comes this collective, um, collective folk. And again, we haven't seen this really since maybe. Maybe like the man, maybe since like the Met series where they got swept at the end of May. Um, it's probably like the last time we saw where they like, or maybe the um, the the games, the the two games against Milwaukee that they lost at at Citizens Bank Park, um, um, back in in July, right after the All Star break. It's Mm -hmm. probably like the last time you really saw this team just like struggle offensively in like back to back games. You know, so let me so so let me ask you ask you this because I know we uh I know we're up against the clock a little bit. You look at this team, and I guess you're you're at the point where you have to ask, can this team run it back with the with the way it's constru- the way it's constructed, or does there need to be changes? <coughs> like, where do you stand? Where where do you stand on that? And what changes would you make? Well, here's the problem: like, de- you definitely need to make changes. Problem is, you have money tied up um, at catcher. You have money tied up at you know second base. You have money mm-hmm. tied up at shortstop. You have money tied up in wherever Bryce is going to play next year, first base DH. You have mm-hmm. money tied up in left field, right? So those positions are set. Um, you know, center field. Um, 
you know, obviously, you know, Rojas gives you really great defense. He's not, you know, he's not yet th- there on offense. Uh, and, you know, unfortunately, is one of those things where you can live without his offense as long as the other guys in the order are producing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but in a situation like last night, you're like, okay, we kind of need your offense. No, like, we need a little, yeah. right? You know, we kind of need a big hit here from you, right? Uh, so I think there's some changes. I think that, you know, from an everyday lineup standpoint, you know, because, again, they have to figure out what they're going to do with Reese Hoskins too, right? You know, Hoskins mm-hmm. is on the mm-hmm. I mean, he's a free agent, and they got to decide if they're going to bring him back or not, right? Um, I think, you know, most of us would agree. I think that, you know, bringing Hoskins back would be great. But then now that Bryce is showing he can play first base, where do you put Hopkins, Hoskins, right? Do you – Say well, we'll stick Swarber back in left field and have Hoskins DH. I don't think Hoskins is going to want to come back and just be a DH, right? Mm-hmm. So, so th- those are some questions there. The lineup now, an area you can upgrade is the bench, of course. Um, you, you know, find some quality at bat. You find some quality um, talent there for the bench, and then you know you got to um, you definitely got to remake that bullpen. Um, you know, velocity is good when it's controlled. Right, where you can control hit your spots, you know, you can mm-hmm. like hit you. But you know, the bullpen, the Phillies bullpen walked way too many people. And, and yes. for those of us that's followed this the season from April to now, that's the one thing that we are they they just walk. I mean, they get out of mm-hmm. it, but they walk too many people. And when you have relievers coming in walking people, that's never a great recipe for success, no matter how many times you get out of it. Uh mm-hmm. so and then you look at your starting rotation again, you gotta make a decision on Nola too, right? Um mm-hmm. You know, now, I thought I, I thought Nola, I thought Nola in this playoffs pitched his way back into people's good graces and probably ruined it with his last start. Yeah, well, I think people would like always, you know, looking for a reason for, for Nola, right? I think Nola's yeah. always been. I think Nola's always been where he's always been. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's been a serviceable starter, um, you know, and he facilitates, you know, between one and two, right? Uh, mm-hmm. But at the same time. You know, from a financial standpoint, he's going to be one of the top pitchers on the market next year. So, again, what do the Phillies decide to do? So, assuming they don't bring him back, so now you look at that rotation of uh, 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 Wheeler, Suarez, uh, Sanchez, Wheeler, and hopefully Andrew Painter mm-hmm. is able to contribute in a meaningful way, right? So now you look at that, you still got Lorenzen. I think I think you still have Lorenzen um, mm-hmm. on the books for next year. So, so you got to look at that. You know, is the staff is the starting staff stronger without Nola? Probably not, but there's a tremendous upside with Sanchez. I think he'll be better next year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Taiwan Walker will be better, but you know, then you look at your bullpen. Obviously, Craig Kimball can't come back next year. Yeah. Um, and then you look at your your high your high leverage relievers. You know, a lot of them. You know, a lot of them can't be trusted. I mean, you know, Orion, you know, he has he definitely has to get a second pitch because at some point major league hitters will sit on a slider and major league hitters can destroy sliders. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Especially if you know that's your only pitch. That's my my question about this though, with Kirkering, when they when he came up at the end of the year and they actually let him pitch, he looked good. Come postseason. I don't know if it's the game plan or JT six what he how he's calling the game, but 
they act like this kid didn't have a 98, 99 mile an hour fastball. It was just slider, 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 right. slider. Mm-hmm. That didn't make any sense to me. Wait, what do you make of that? Do they not just tr- not trust his fastball or? I think that I, I mean you know you think about game game three when they brought him in uh, with that one nothing lead and Arizona came in and got three straight hits to start. Uh, you can sit here and say, well, none of the balls were hit that hard, but they found open spaces, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't look comfortable in, in in facing any of those bads in that situation. Uh, he never picked back to back before, so he comes in the next night and he just he really didn't have it the next night. You know, mm-hmm. he was he was awful the next night. I mean, finally they got out of it. But the one again, the thing that that hurt the Phillies is they went five two and they gave up a run in the seventh inning. So now Arizona goes into the eighth down five three. So now you just need a run on base and a home run, right? And now the game is tied. Mm-hmm. Happening. Um. So, you know, I, I think the the Phillies bullpen broke down. Um. And obviously that was obviously ultimately proved to be the difference in the series, right? Arizona's bullpen was thirty. The Phillies wasn't. No. Well, look. Before I'm, I'm, I want to get you out of here. I want to, want to, want to try to get you out of here on a positive note. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you can. It is what can we as fans? What can we look forward to? What should we look forward to? Or should we just be like, man, forget it, and we'll just, we'll just come back in February and try it again? Like, no. I mean, obviously, the Eagles are six and one, um, and the Eagles look good. Um, you know, they look strong again, look like, you know, they could, you know, have another deep run. And the good thing is, you know, all their hard games, uh, with the exception mm-hmm. of Dallas is, a, is at home or well, Dallas at Kansas City on the road. But, mm-hmm. you know, you got Dallas here, you got San Francisco here, you got Buffalo here. Right. Um, and so, you know, by the, you know, by middle of December, you'll know where the Eagles, you know, you'll know how, how the conf, how, to rate your confidence with the Eagles because they're, you know, they're going to, they're going to go through a gauntlet of good teams, but the Eagles are also a good team as well. And I think that they are starting to play better. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you kind of see, you kind of see some, you kind of see some things, um, but you know, the NFL is so funny because it's a week to week league and, you know, it's hard to win an NFL game and, you know, you just find ways to win, right. You know, you'll get style points. I mean, if you went in it'd be interesting, you know, it's funny because and remember in 2017 when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So the Eagles blew everybody out, right? Regular season, they just mm-hmm. they blew everybody out, right? So everybody was like, "Well, they're not that good because the teams they're playing aren't good because the Eagles are winning by large margins, right?" Which, in some ways, is a sign of a good team. You just go and you handle your business and you keep it moving. So far this year, and you know you can't, you know, two both teams are different, but so far this year, you know, you know they the wins haven't been like by large margins, right? They mm-hmm. haven't been like um, like double digit. Like other double digits, I think the Miami. I think Miami was probably the largest, largest margin of victory, ironically this year. Uh, but you know they escaped the Commanders in overtime, and you know the Patriots. Um, you know overcame the seventeen nothing deficit to make that you know a lot closer. You know temper hung around um, a long time. The Rams hung around, but at the end of the day, found a way to win the game. Mm-hmm. You know, well, 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 there, there you have it, Phillies fans. This is what you can hang your head on. Go Birds. Yeah, yeah. Take take those Phillies hats, put them away. Pick up your Eagles hat. You know, throw in your Eagles jersey because that, that's that's what you have. Hey, Rob. People like if people like what they heard from you today. How can they uh, get in contact with you? How can they uh, see your work? Yeah, you can just follow me on Twitter uh, at KnoxRob1, um, or you can just follow me on LinkedIn at, at you know Rob Knox. 
Um, you know, I'm team follow back. So, you there know, you go. feel free to follow me back. And again, I appreciate y'all having me, man. This was fun. Um, you know, obviously last night was was hard, but you know, we'll be back. That's what we do. That's right. That's right. And we need some sometimes we need to call the family in to help us commiserate, to help us make sense of the nonsense. And there was definitely a lot of nonsense last night. <coughs> but Rob, thank you, brother. We appreciate you coming on with no. us, man. No, thank you. Thank you for having me, man. Y'all take care. All right, take care, man. Thank you. But, all right, once again, hey, man, that was, that was Rob Knox. We'll be back. We'll come back, talk a little bit more a little bit later. This is the Jonesy and Brown Show. That's Mike Jones. I'm John Brown. We'll be back. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. And now, a few thoughts from your boy, Brown. There are two good things about the fall. That is football and HBCU homecoming. Those are the best things because HBCU homecomings are like nothing else. There are family reunions, a fashion show, a cookout, a carnival, a party with a football game stuffed in there somewhere if you like football. I have a lot of friends who went to HBCU. Always hear about Howard's homecoming. Always hear about North Carolina A&T, AKA the greatest homecoming on earth. There's Morgan State, there's Bowie State, Virginia Union, Hampton. Everybody's always talking about it. But it begs the question to me, something that I'm one, I've always wanted. Do black people who went to PWI, AKA, predominantly white institutions. Do they get hyped about their homecoming? I've never heard anyone say, hey, I can't wait for Temple's homecoming. I never heard anyone say, hey man, I can't wait for that Towson State homecoming, for that University of Maryland, Baltimore uh, County homecoming. No one cares about Goucher's homecoming, right? Like what do you do at a white school's homecoming? Got like a bonfire or something? Man, you couldn't have no bonfire, no black school. They think it was a riot. I, I, I just don't get it. Like, what is it like? What is the experience like? Like people just holding hands? I need to know what is the white college homecoming experience like? What black people are excited about Bowling Green's homecoming? Kutztown's homecoming? Let's talk about that. Check out your boy Brown during the workflow weekdays at 2 p.m. On the Brown Folks Crew, phillygoflow.com. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Both you are crazy. Both Mike Jones and John Bryan. All right, everybody. We are back. Part two of this week's episode of Jonesy and Brown. We were talking to Rob Knox earlier. Now we have another great guest with us from PHLY Sports. Get it right. The union and, of course, the Phillies coverage. Yes. Good friend of the show, Renee Washington. Renee, how are you doing this evening? I'm I'm doing all right. I mean, I could be better, um, but you know, we're gonna take this thing one thing one day at a time. Things are going well. 
So were you actually down at game six or did, were you watching it from somewhere else? No. Oh, game seven, no. excuse me. Yeah, fortunately, no. For game six and game seven, we uh, were watching in our studio because we do a post-game show. Mm-hmm. And so I'm actually glad I was not down at Citizen Bank Park. I was at the uh, home games in the beginning of the series. I've been able to get to at least one game per series. So okay. I did my part. And then after uh, game six went down, I was like, you know what? I definitely do not want to be at game seven because I did not have a good feeling going into it. And I was unfortunately correct. Mm. <laughs> so what oh, was goodness. it that caused you to have that bad feeling? I didn't like the way that the Phillies continued to lose and not make any adjustments. And I saw that, honestly, even in the NLDS, where there were, whether it was the bullpen or the at-bats, I just felt like the Phillies have been a team consistently that when things are going well, nine, ten runs are scored. You're holding your opponent scoreless. You're, you know, it's historic. When things Mm -hmm. don't go well, there's nothing that's being changed. There are no adjustments being made. And I know I was one that was advocating for Alec Bowen to be moved out of the four hole. I still stand by that, honestly, uh, because JT had been batting better. And I just felt like everybody else has consistently been making adjustments to Bryce Harper, to Zach Wheeler, to Ranger, to whoever on both sides of the ball. And the Phillies were not. So to see game three be the same as game four, which is the same as game six, I wasn't confident going into game seven. Mm. Hurts, man. It, it it hurts. So I know professionally covering the Philadelphia Phillies is your job, but you're also a Philly native. You're also so you're also a fan. So yeah. if we may go back and forth between the the professional and the fan, are you more are you disappointed or are you angry? Like where where does it fall oh, right now? Definitely very disappointed though, because this team absolutely had the depth and the talent to be able to at least get to the World Series. And to fall short of that in a series where you're up 2-0 and you allow the Diamondbacks to come back and tie the series up, and then even still being up 3-2, coming back home with a chance to close out, it was just so reminiscent of the Sixers against the Celtics. So mm-hmm. we've unfortunately seen this in our Philly sports coverage over the years, it was nothing new and you could see it slowly unfolding. And it was disappointing because you just kept thinking they're going to figure it out. Like they're going to change something they're going to wake up. They're going to snap out of this. And, you know, I was saying to have out of the th- four losses, three of them, when you score two or less runs with the way that this team has the ability to score, it can't be a home run or bust and it can't be like an all or nothing. There's got to be the ability that when you're down, when you're struggling, you can figure things out. So I'm very disappointed because it's not a situation where they got beat by a better team. Um, the Diamondbacks are very good. Don't get me wrong. But it's it was more about what the Phillies continuously were doing wrong to lose versus what the Diamondbacks are doing right to win. But hats off to Arizona. I know it's their first time back since 2001. But it is very disappointing just because we all saw it coming. And it was like there was nothing changing the course of of the result it was just slowly watching it unfold and of course I would have loved to been able to cover the world series and talk about the Phillies in the world series since last year I was just watching as a fan so very much disappointed so covering the NLCS well the playoffs in general but especially in the NLCS how did you feel about how Rob Thompson managed this team Unfortunately, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Rob Thompson fan. I think that Rob has shown us in some games where he's been on a whole other level, and it's been great to see. But I think it's just too caught up. Rob, and, and for all the, the Philly staff in general, they're so caught up in 
you know, the lefty righty matchups and the numbers and everything. And sometimes the game, you just got to let it play itself out. And I felt at times with the bullpen that Rob was too quick to pull the short leash on a player like Ranger Suarez. But then on the other side, when it came to the at-bats, there was no change. So I don't like the, the complete switch of sometimes you're nitpicky and micromanaging almost in a sense of wanting to make changes right away. And then when it comes to the at-bats, we never saw an adjustment. And that's not even just in the batting order. I like to clarify, like, what has been said to Trey Turner when you are 0 for 7 with runners in scoring position or Bryce Harper when pitchers are not throwing you something that you can hit? What is being done differently to change that? What are you saying? What are you doing? Are you just Why are we just continuously seeing the Phillies go up and their at-bats look exactly the same, yet the bullpen is constantly being pulled around and – put Orion in and Craig Kimberlin in and all these changes that shouldn't happen. So, yeah, I definitely am not the biggest Rob Thompson fan. And also, I think what frustrates me is, had this been Dockers and the Sixers or Nick Sirianni and the Eagles, people are running Rob Thompson out of, this, out of the city. But mm-hmm. people have a soft spot for the Phillies and for Rob. And so there's been a lot of, uh, it's okay, it's not Rob's fault. When do we see a, a, in any sport a coach give up a 2-0 lead and it's not their fault? Very true, but I also I think part of that is that from 2011, 2012 till now, there have been such tough times with understandable Gabe mm-hmm. with Gabe Kapler and Joe Girardi and all of the things that went on with those two guys that seeing Thompson at least get to back to back CSs, a lot of people feel are looking at it like this is Philly baseball. We've made 16, 17 playoff appearances ever in a hundred plus <laughs> years of existence. Can we really complain about a guy who gets us there back to back? Right. So, and, and, and honestly, I'm one of those guys. It, it's hard <clears throat> watching this team year after year be in first place in June and last place in September. No, man. Well, I, I, I told you. <clears throat> I told you when we were talking to Rob earlier, man. Uh, last night, and we're probably lucky, because uh, quite frankly, R- Renee, we would have cost you your job had, had we done this show last night after the game. Because uh, I, I honestly did. I had Sixers type angst for the Phillies last night. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I, I understand, and, and I made, and I tried to make the point in the last segment that I understand that you know we're angry with the Sixers because. It is going on for so long. But for me, it's because they went so far last year. We saw mm-hmm. them go to the World Series to mm-hmm. now take a step back and to take a step back in a similar fashion. Yeah. I mean, let's 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 rewind back to last year's World Series. Game three, seven-nothing mm-hmm. win over Houston. They're pounding the ball, and it's like they they went out at a pace that they were never able to recapture for the rest of that series. Mm-hmm. They ended up they pounded they pounded the Astros in game 3 and then went on to get no hit later on in that same series in game 4. In yeah. game, was that game 4? That was game 4. That was game 4. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that, that was you're right. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. right. They pounded them and came back for the, they, to get no they, hit the next game. They get no hit. The bats completely died after that game. So yep. you come back to this year now, game two, they come out and they jump out 10 nothing. Mm-hmm. Did they I score 10 that. total runs the rest of that series? No. 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 Didn't even get there. I mean, that's my issue is 
had this been the first time or one game, mm-hmm. okay, I I can make excuses for it. But not only have we seen this, each of the four losses of the NLCS were very similar. Obviously, two a couple of games you're up, you blow a, a two three run lead, um, but then also you go from that 10-0 win, which was all this history that you're making, to then mm-hmm. score one run in the next game, and then to completely from there on be lackluster. And we never saw that 10-0 team again. And I know on our show we were talking about it felt like when the Phillies won the NLDS, that was their World Series. It felt like they stopped, like that was it. Especially after those first two games of the NLCS, it felt like they thought they had it in hand. We won big. We we just beat the Braves. We're going back to, to the World Series. And completely skipped over the Diamondbacks. And I've honestly heard a lot of fans say that too of the World Series Series, and completely ignored the fact you have a great Corbin Carroll and Ketel Marte Mm. and a Diamondbacks team that's that is good so that's 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 where it's frustrating because this is a similar situation to all the losses that we saw this postseason including that loss to the Braves but it also is extremely reminiscent of the Astros loss in the World Series it's just Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. when do you make changes how how long are you going to, if you're Rob and you're the Phillies, continue to have this home runner bust mentality where you can't play small ball, you're not able to just get on base, you're not even getting hits. It's like you're either getting solo home runs because it's not even a, a two-run you know, two home or anything. It's solo home runs or it's nothing. There's no in-between. And so it's very predictable and it's very consistent, which is why it's frustrating that you, as we all have seen and talked about, have the exact same issues loss after loss, series after series. And it's, it's interesting you bring up the small ball point because I was actually about to go there myself. I was having a conversation with someone yesterday and we were talking about, like, the Phillies lineup is built to play in July in Citizens Bank Park when the ball is going to fly. Yeah. But it's the second they went to a stadium like Arizona indoors mm-hmm. – they put that humidifier in there. The wall is a little further back. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't, the ball does not carry in Arizona the way it did five, 10 years ago. And that team is built to make contact, put the ball in play, and be aggressive on the bases. The Phillies are built hit home runs. And if we're not hitting home runs, we'll we'll try to hit more home runs. Like this team does not have the guys to who just hit look to hit go the opposite way into the gap or anything like that. Would you, do you think that is like going forward, something we should expect to see development come with development of guys like Stott and Bohm, or do they need, just need to make roster changes? I don't know. I mean, I, I think the hard part is when you hear a lot of the post game and definitely now that the season's over post season comments that have been made it still doesn't seem like accountability has been taking like I heard Rob mentioning after game seven I'm proud of these guys they fought hard and I don't know how as a manager you can be proud of the performances you saw in in the NLCS maybe the first two games Mm -hmm. that's not it but even the game five victory wasn't wasn't great so I unfortunately it doesn't feel like they internally they see the issue. I think we all see it and we've talked mm-hmm. about it. So part of being able to adjust your 
hitting small ball, everything has to start with acknowledging that it needs to change. And I think it's just this mindset of we're going to stick by what we do. We trust what we do best and we're not willing to bend. And I don't, I've even heard in comments in the clubhouse and, and interviews, I should say, Rob, especially, but also other guys saying, you know, today just wasn't our day. We just couldn't get a hit. We just, you know, every game you're not going to be able to hit the ball. And some days they're just not, it's just not going to go your way. Mm, yes and no. What are you actually doing about that? I could see if you have an inning of that, but I was mm-hmm. doing math on our show earlier and it was like consistently in every single loss, four, five, six innings where the Phillies had no run scored. No hits. No hits. Maybe so, one. Yeah, it was bad. It's one inning that you have a, a, a drop off, but inning after inning, first innings of the game, last two, three, four innings of the game where you just are not out there. We could put our cardboard cutout at, at bat for what you're doing. So mm-hmm. I would like to think that there's going to be a change, and I would hope that there would be a change because there needs to be one. You need to diversify your what your offense looks like. It can't just be relying on Kyle and Bryce and Trey to hit home runs and everybody else to just follow suit. So I hope so, but to be honest, I'm, I'm not fully optimistic because I don't know that internally the Phillies really see that th- there needs to be a change. To your point, number mm-hmm. I shared with JB earlier, the five big bats, J- Bryce, JT, um, Castiano, Schwarber, mm-hmm. and I'm missing one. Trey, probably. Trey Turner. Schwarber. Yeah. Yep. yeah. But those five guys were three for 36 in the last two games. Terrible. That's that's less than a 100. Like That's batting less than 100. That's uh, that that's 0 for 8 for Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. 0 for 7 for Bryce Harper. 0 for 8 for Nick Castellanos. Mm-hmm. You know, you given given the postseason that Nick Castellanos had, you know, the, the multiple game home runs, the you know, the the way this city was behind him, he had a moment when he steps to the plate, they're down to two men on base. He, I mean, he could become a hero. He delivers – if he delivers it at that point, we're talking about Nick Cassianos the same way we're talking about Matt Stairs, the same way we talk about Ryan Howard and the just get me to the plate boys, you know, the way we're talking about uh, Jimmy Rollins. You know, you could – that's memories forever. It was there for him. It was right there for him. And now you're sitting here and you're looking at 0 for 8 – over. for – 0 for 16 for the last two big offseason acquisitions for the Phillies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's that's where the angst lies. That's where the anger, you know, comes in. That's where the disappointment comes in. Where it's like, okay, now and, and especially, you know, with, with Cassianos is one thing. And it but you look at where this city was with Trey Turner. Mm-hmm. Ready mm-hmm. to run, ready to run him out of town. Cass was ready to run him out of town, and they decided, hey, let's do something different this time. Showed him some love. And show him some love. Right. And, and things turned around for a while. And things turned around, and you got and, – and, and he and he reciprocated that love. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, we're still talking about – Like, I, I feel like <laughs> two months from now, I'll feel better about this season, knowing that this team made a run to the NLCS. But it's going to be hard to get over the feeling of 
you lost to a team you're better than. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because it's one that 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 you you blew it. You blew yeah. it. And mm-hmm. you don't get those in postseason for any sport. It's hard to get those years that you're honestly set up to get to the World Series, set up to win a championship. The hardest hurdle on paper was the Braves. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. after that, the Phillies just completely took their foot off the gas. I mean, as you talk about the numbers, I there are so many stats from game seven, from the series alone that are astonishing. And the craziest part is Corbin Carroll, who was like three for 26 the first six games, then hit everything thrown his way. Mm-hmm. RBI, home run, stealing bases, did the complete opposite come game seven, which is what you're supposed to do in game seven. If you're in a slump, mm-hmm. you work through it to help your team win. Bryce Harper, two for 16 in the final five games. Trey Turner, over seven with runners in scoring position, over three in game seven alone. You talk about Nick. Nick had one hit the entire series. Uh, that was game one. In game one, home game run. One. <laughs> and then did not do anything else the rest of the game, not even a mm-hmm. walk. So to see the amount of time that the Phillies can't even keep the inning alive, you're not able to get a walk, you're not able to get, do, get forget getting on base. That is where it is absolutely frustrating. So I – I remember even being nervous as I was watching the Astros Rangers series unfolding. And I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. You know, I don't know who the Phillies would match up, would want to match up with on the mm-hmm. other side. Uh, because the way that the way that the NLCS was changing and the ALCS was changing, it just felt like two completely opposite situations. Mm-hmm. You know, originally I was one saying that the champs coming out of the National League. I really, I really thought that. And it still could. Who knows what Arizona would do? Mm-hmm. But watching the way that for Arizona and for the for the Phillies, they just it was like battle of the of the bullpen, which nobody was expecting. Brandon mm-hmm. Scott and Ranger Suarez, six scoreless innings, like versus on the other side where you know they're just smashing balls out of the ballpark and way way different types of tempo, coaching, all of that coming together. But it felt like for the Phillies, it was all coming apart. And that's what I think in the end burned them because they were never able to regain that same momentum and level of play and definitely the at-bats that we saw the first two games of the series and mm-hmm. the series in general against the Marlins and the Braves. Okay, so we know you, we got to get you out of here soon, but and I know this is right after, so it's still a fresh wound, but if you were asked to describe the Philly season in one or two words, just to sum up what you think this, what your thoughts on this Philly season were, what would those words be? Um, you know, I, I feel like it was kind of a full circle season, not in a great way. The beginning of the season. And, and I asked my co-host Jamie Lynch is on the show today. Actually, I was Mm. like, how do you feel looking back now the start of the season to the end of the season, do you feel like we the Phillies started the same way that they ended? And he's like, no, because we were missing Bryce Harper in the beginning of the season. I was like, yeah, well, the Phillies were also missing Bryce Harper at the end of the season. So it <laughs> kind of felt like a full circle moment where the things we saw in the beginning and, you know, the slow start, dropping games, losses, in a run. Struggling batters. Right. If, if, I may, if, I, if I may interject. That's as about that's as about as Philly a comment as there's gonna be. He was missing at the beginning of the season and he was missing at the end of the still was missing. Still looking. Where's Bryce? Don't know. I took my cap down. 
So that's how I would describe the season. It was a full circle season because Bryce Harper was 0 for 12 in the Phillies, four losses. Trey Turner, 0 for Nick Castellanos, 0 for Kyle Schwarber, decent-ish. Um, and the Phillies just had the same exact rut that they started with at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. So it was like things got better in, in the summer and August with the standing ovation. Nick Castellanos starts hitting homers and makes history. We're seeing Liam. Everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. And then it was like right back to where we started. So it was a nice full circle season in a very bad way. Yeah. The circle left us in the wrong direction. We were going in the wrong direction and we started Mm -hmm. going the right direction, turned right back around, and now we're back in the wrong direction. Yeah. And I think it's 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 frustrating because I feel like coming out of last season, I felt like the move that I wanted to make, which is the move that they made, which was getting Trey Turner, it was obvious. Yeah. Oh, we need a oh Trey Turner's a free agent to see. Okay, let's mm-hmm. bring him on in. Yeah. I don't see I it's frustrating because I don't see that move this offseason. I don't know what, what I don't know where they go. I know this this ain't the team I want to run it back with, but I don't know what I would say they need to do. Well, I mean It's so fresh, it's hard to fully dive into it, but I think the immediate things that jump out at me, obviously there's question marks around for the bullpen, Aaron Nola, Craig Kimbrell, um, there needs to be. Also on the other side, like your pinch hitter is Jake Cave. Yeah, you got to have an upgrade there. You need a Pat Burrow or something. (laughs) off. Yeah, because even when bases were loaded and Johan Rojas is up to bat in the fourth inning, that's Mm -hmm. you're up 2-1. That was a great opportunity if you had a, a strong pinch hitter to bring them in, and and who knows what how things go from there. So, Cave can't be the go-to. Um, I don't know what's up with Taiwan Walker and why he was even on the roster, to be honest. Um, I don't know what's going to happen with Reese. It's just a lot of question marks. Mm-hmm. But I think it is time for some fresh blood. I, I do like what the youngsters brought, the mm-hmm. Johan Rojas on the defensive side. Orion Kirkring mm-hmm. wasn't fully ready, but we at least got a little sneak peek of what he could do, especially with fastballs mm-hmm. and sliders. So, there's potential – but you've got to make some hard decisions, and mm-hmm. I hope they actually—I hope that actually happens. All right, real, real, real quick, because I know, I know, I know you're up against it. Has Aaron? Have we seen the last of Aaron Nola in a Phillies uniform? I should say. I think so. I think that's why it was uh, crying in the dugout because I think mm-hmm. Nola knows. Nola knows, and uh, unfortunately, I was at the beginning of the playoffs, like, oh, you know what? Sign that man, but mm-hmm. you can't have your your number two guy. Um, when you look at the performance, uh, just be so up and down, you know, you can't have that. Zach Wheeler was phenomenal. And thank Mm -hmm. goodness Michael was able to pitch again in game seven for what it was worth as a reliever. Ranger's been steady. I like Christopher Sanchez. I think Christopher Sanchez was just unfortunately set up to fail because he went weeks without pitching. Then all of a sudden Mm -hmm. here he'll start. Um, so I would even love the management of the bullpen to be better in, in a way. So I don't know. Aaron Nolan and Craig Kimbrell to me are two guys that I don't have to see in a Phillies uniform again. And I think I'd, I'd sleep just fine. All right. Well, Renee, we appreciate you coming on with us. Before you go, let everybody know how they can keep up with all your work at PHLY Sports. Yes. I know yes, JB so. wants to call it Fly Sports, but it's <laughs> I, I thought that was dope. I'm like, yeah, fly sports. All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah. I like PHLY sports, catch some fly sports, basically, is what's mm-hmm. giving. Um, yeah, so we have a, I host a Philly show there as well as the Philadelphia Union show. The Union are starting off their playoffs this Saturday. 
with round one games. Uh, but we have shows we're dropping every day. All season content is now what we're gearing up to, which is crazy that we're doing this already. But you can follow me at Renee P. Wash. And then PHLY Sports is uh, PHLY underscore sports on social. And we also have a Phillies page dedicated to all of our Phillies content. So I appreciate you guys so much for having me on. I wish we were talking under better circumstances. We were hoping to be talking about the World Series and previewing, you know, a nice mm-hmm. matchup in the World Series, Texas Phillies. But here we are. Here we are. Man, when we when, when me when me and Jonesy first had, had this conversation, like we gotta get Renee back on the show. I just knew we were gonna be talking about World Series, where mm-hmm. she'd be watching the game, cause she hook us up with some tickets. Or so you know, <laughs> like as or, we were scheduling this interview and working around, cause the Phillies kept making this series go longer. I'm saying like, oh yeah, this will be over at five, or mm-hmm. oh yeah, yeah, it's over by the weekend. Oh, like, man. We should have known then because we were literally like, oh, they'll be we were like, there's no way they're playing on Monday and Tuesday. There's no right. way they're playing on Tuesday. There's no way they're playing at all. Okay. Exactly. Exactly. It's over. <laughs> terrible. Just just terrible. Sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Sorry. It's all, it's all good. Thank you, Renee. We appreciate you. See you guys. Keep up the great work. Oh, thanks. See you. All right. All right. Oh my gosh, man. We haven't had a good doom and gloom show in a long time since you know since the Sixers season ended (laughs) and the Eagles season ended speaking of which uh, before we get out of here for the day JB uh as I'm a man of my word yes you were right and I was wrong I'm touched. I wasn't gonna. I, I told I, you I, I'd I, say it. Yes, you did. And, I'm and, gonna, and, and I said, and that's and that's why I respect you because I honestly was not even gonna hold you to that. I, I wasn't even expecting it, man. I, I just, I, I thought the Eagles would lose to Miami. That defense hit them right in the mouth. That defense hit them right in the mouth, and I feel like it's for, understated how much that defense hit them in the mouth. And for eighty percent of the game, Jalen Hurts looked pretty good. The 20% the twenty percent was bad, but that eighty percent he looked good. Yeah, I mean, people don't. I think people don't. People underestimate how quick, how easily that game could have been thirty-one-three. You know, we 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 look at thirty. You know, we we see thirty-one-seventeen, but that game could have been thirty-one-three. The fumble and. and, uh, Not so great interception. Yeah, the interception and the the one. Touchdown! Their offense scored. It was on short field. Only, yeah, on a short field, and the only drive more than forty-five yards. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. That game could have been thirty-one-three, and then and, and then we would have been sitting there because everyone was talking about how much of a, a test Miami was going to be, and Miami was that early season chic pick to uh to, to mm-hmm. you know to win it all and Super Bowl contender that was going to come out of nowhere. We. They were two plays away from us asking the NFL, is this your king? <laughs> <laughs> this this is who y'all said was going to be a test. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it is what it is. Uh, got the commanders on Sunday. You got any predictions? I got the Eagles winning. We've, you know, we've gone through this whole commanders matchup once already this season. I don't see much different now than – Mm-hmm. I saw going into that first matchup, I got the Eagles winning probably by two scores. Okay. Sam Howell has looked confused the last couple games. You know, chances are Ron Rivera is out of a job at the end of the year. My gosh, man. Yeah. 
So I'm it, expecting the Eagles to roll. I being in the NFC East, and you and I have talked about this, and I've said that part of the problem with the NFC East is I I feel like we can't take for granted how bad the bad teams are in that division, mm-hmm. and that eventually one of these teams is going to figure it out and then get good. I thought adding Ron Rivera would be would be a move that turned the commanders but, football team into but, in the right but Ron direction. Rivera was added under Dan, Daniel Snyder's ownership. Mm-hmm. I knew as long as Daniel Snyder was the owner they were going to be bad. I well, thought now, the Giants might figure it out eventually. Yeah, but then yeah. they went and paid Daniel Jones. Exactly. It, 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 you you see moves that these other teams have made and you think this is a move that could possibly move them in the right direction and then you watch them fail and it's like I'm still reminded that I, I don't want to take that for granted. It's like Eagles need to just go ahead and win this another chip. Let's, mm-hmm. let's, let's win another championship while the, the Cowboys while the are window still, still open. While the window is still open. While the, the Cowboys the are still open. The NFC yeah. window right now is wide open. Yes. 49ers yes. lost two in a row. Purdy's in concussion protocol. Got Cow- hurt doing a got hurt doing a, a QB sneak, not a tush push. Mm-hmm. That wasn't a tush push. That was just a regular quarterback sneak that you could put on Madden at any time. Cowboys have won a couple games, but they're also shown to have some vulnerabilities. So the window yep. in the NFC is wide open this yes. year. Let's go. Let's let, let, let's go. Let's do it. How he goes out and get, and shores up the secondary, bringing in an all pro tackle and I mean, excuse me, all pro safety mm-hmm. in Kevin Byard. So and gives up very up. little. A gives up very city. little. Yep. A friend of mine who lives in Nashville told me the word of the street in, in Nashville sports talk is that Howie Roseman is a, is essentially Shug Knight. And you shouldn't answer his calls. <laughs> you think he's you think he hung the uh, he, he's hanging a uh, Titans ownership out of a window or something like yeah. like it's vanilla ice, <laughs> something like that. He just comes in smoking <laughs> a cigar, mm-hmm. like run your best players. Exactly, I, I like it. I like it. I'll take it. Hey, you let us know what you think of this podcast, man. Hit us up Facebook, Instagram, or X. 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 Oh, man. At Josie and Brown and at me, ITW Sports. Remember, you can subscribe and download this podcast. Go to bitwsports.com. Enjoy your week. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the sports. Try and enjoy the World Series. I ain't watching that crap. Oh, I ain't watching it either. I'll be watching no, football. You, exactly. I'll, 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 Unfort- be watching, I'll be watching football. I'll probably be watching Sixers too. Yeah, we're not even talking about this. The, six, the season starts tomorrow. We'll be talking about. We'll be talking about. Talking about them. We'll be talking about professional basketball. Like imagine that the season starts this week, and I don't want to talk about the Sixers. That's exactly. I don't. I don't blame you. And you look. I am a fan of things that make Mike Jones mad. I like bringing up things that make Mike Jones angry. It makes Mike Jones frustrated. It gets his goat. But as far as the Sixers go, yeah, I'm cool. I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm good. Exactly. I'm good. Hey, y'all enjoy y'all week. That's Mike Jones. I'm John Brown. This has been the Jones and Brown Podcast. 
Peace, y'all. This podcast is a production of Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. To subscribe, download, and follow on social media, go to bitwsports.com. You're listening to Jonesy and Brown. Brown. Brown.